Hey Rollers, Brandon here. Uh, it's, as I'm recording this, about 9 p.m. on Tuesday, February 20th, 2024. I was sitting here playing some Age of Empires 2 just now, and I got a Discord message from Gabe uh, saying that today, today being Wednesday when you're hearing this, is our 200th main campaign episode. I was sort of vaguely aware how many main campaign episodes we had, but I didn't realize we'd hit that milestone. Uh, he asked if uh, any of us wanted to record anything to commemorate it. And it's it's really wild to think that this has been going on for almost five and a half years. Uh, to celebrate, I thought I could maybe share some anecdotes uh, about the podcast. So uh, let's all gather around for Uncle Gravy's story time. And uh, I'll cast you all back to the summer of 2018. And uh, we had sort of officially founded Goblins and Growlers in June, I think. Um, I think that was when we had our first, like, actual event. Uh, and uh, we were trying to figure out, you know, what we wanted to do with it, how we wanted it to grow and everything like that. And Alan and I were talking and I was like, well, you know, like we should probably have a podcast um, just sort of as a way to, you know, have a regular conversation with with our, our audience and our community and everything. And he's like, no, that's too much work. We don't need to be doing that. And, you know, at the time, I wasn't really going to try and fight that because I had a lot of other stuff going on, too. Um, so I let it drop. Uh, and then I guess it was a couple months later and Alan and Josh had gone to Dragon Con and Alan calls me when they get back and he says, hey, man, I have some ideas about some things. Um, you want to get a beer and we can talk about them? And I said, sure. So we met uh, for a beer. And the very first thing he says is, well, we have to we have to start a podcast. And I was like, what the hell? Um, what had happened was he went to a bunch of panels at Dragon Con and just was sort of really talking up goblins and growlers. And he was talking to a lot of industry people and things. And they were like, oh, yeah, you got to you got to you got to start a podcast. You got to start a podcast. Um, you know, it's just it's just a great way to build community, build audience, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and so and he, like he just looked at me just dead in the face. He's like, yeah, we got to start a podcast. And I was like, you son of a. And he's like, no, no, I get it. You're right. You're right. You're right. Um, and that situation, uh, unrelated to that, that situation would actually replay itself several years later when I said that we needed to start a Twitch channel. Uh, and basically the same exchange happened. Um, but so Alon's on board and he decides, we, you know, he's, he agrees with me that we should start a podcast. So we immediately just having to start, have to start putting some stuff together. And uh, I think it was either right before that or right after that, um, Alon had sent me something for um, a DMMD event at Alpha Comics and Games. This is before we knew Alex or anything like that. And he's like, hey, we got to we should go check this out. We should like see what they're doing and then like copy their copy what they're doing. And so Alon and I went to a, a Dungeon Masters Mastering Dungeons event. And for those of you not in the Richmond area, that's something that Alex runs over at Alpha Comics and Games, conveniently located in Richmond's Willow Lawn. And uh, it's, you know, Dungeon Masters Mastering Dungeons, talking about strategies, um, talking about uh, ways to be better um, and ways to help your players, ways to entertain your players, things like that. And we go and we end up staying for a long time talking to Alex, the two of us, um, and Alon, maybe a couple days or a week or so later, said, uh, oh, you know, we should ask that Alex person to be the to be the GM. And he reached out to her and she was super on board. Um, and 
uh, <laughs> sort of the rest became history there. But um, we very quickly made some plans to do some recordings. We bought some equipment um, that I think we still owe a lot of money for. I'm not sure. But we got some equipment and we decided we were going to record um, a podcast. I'll be honest. I can't remember if we said we were going to record a pilot or we recorded something and then it just sort of turned into an unaired pilot. But we went to Alon's apartment and we set up recording uh, on on a few mics at his dinner table. And it was I think everybody will back me up on this by saying it was a pretty awful experience. Like Alex was not happy with the weird adventure that she ran. We were not happy with the audio quality or sort of uh, our characters because we hadn't really fleshed them out yet or anything like I was trying to for the first few minutes, I was trying to do a Macho Man Randy Savage voice. Um, of course, Gravy Boat ultimately evolved into something more akin to Lando Calrissian meets Dusty Rhodes, which is good because I wouldn't have a throat anymore if I tried to do Randy Savage. Uh, but we recorded that. And we're like, oh, this is terrible. Uh, and I think it was like December of 2018 at this point. We're like, oh, my God, this is awful. So we come back a couple weeks later, record another one. We're like, oh, my God, this is awful. We can't do it. So um, at that point, we sort of did some soul searching and figured out that we actually had to treat it a little bit like a production. Um, and I think we finally recorded the third pilot and we were happy with it. And then, you know, any, anybody who knows the story, please feel free to correct me. But um, I think we then recorded an actual first episode. So it technically would be like the fourth pilot. I could be wrong about that. Um, but all that to say, it you know became a thing where we were recording every two weeks, uh, multiple episodes. First, we did it at our studio. And then uh, during and after COVID, we've... Uh, you know, reverted to recording, you know, online from home, uh, which is super convenient, but it does. I, I do miss uh, the the sort of vibe of being in the room recording to everybody. But I'm guessing Gabe doesn't miss having all of our uh, audio channels bleed all over each other. But uh, as a consequence of this, we've had some really cool stuff happen. Uh, we've met tons of cool people. Um, you know, Josh and Alex got married. Uh, we. Um, we were able to do a live show a few years ago and we hope to be able to do one of those again. That was a blast despite all the technical problems uh, <laughs> that made it really annoying. Uh, we get to go to conventions now and do QPR live shows. And it's great because one of the conventions that we go to a lot is Queen City Anime Con in Charlotte. And we've gone there since 2019. And it's it's really fun because like there'll be people who we run into there and then you know we don't see him for a year and then i'm standing behind at our booth like wearing the gravy boat cowboy hat and somebody uh, whose face i do not recognize just comes up to me and is like hey brandon how are you i'm like who, who the hell are you they're like we talked last year you got me into quid pro roll and you got me into um just dungeons and dragons overall i'm like oh well, that's awesome you know so even you know if you're listening to this and, and you're one of those people who's maybe talked to us at a convention or something like that means the world to all of us. Uh, it's just so fantastic to know that we we're putting this out there and not only are we happy with it, but there are people out there who are listening to it and are happy with it. Uh, and it, you know, even if it brings, you know, a small handful of people, some joy, uh, that really kind of makes it worth it. Um, cause you always want to, you always want to add to the joy of the world, not subtract to it. And even just adding a little bit is better than subtracting a little bit so that's fantastic um but uh you know i've been going on for about eight minutes or so at this point so i'm gonna i'm gonna wrap this up give this to gabe so he can get it up there for you but um i know i speak for everybody when i say thank you all for listening thank you all for being part of the discord community um just thank you for everything uh everybody have a great day and i hope you enjoy this episode
Hi listeners, Ram Big Thighs here. What's that? You've never heard my voice before? Well, you could hear plenty more from me and my friends if you subscribe to the Goblins and Growlers Patreon at patreon.com slash goblinsgrowlers. This is Quid Pro Roll, a fantasy live play adventure where a party of unlikely heroes embark on a quest to bring dragons back to their world. Well, howdy, listeners. Welcome to the Day of the Crier Listen Show, where all the news and varying and beyond can make its way, well, right to you. You know, it doesn't feel all that long ago. I was hiking up this mountain for the first time. And while time may work a bit differently here, it intrigues me to think about how far I've come. Heck, even that hike up the mountain. Some days there was a clear path, while others, I just had to make something up and hope it worked. And while on my best days, I made progress even now I'm surprised by, some days, I'd make up maybe 20 feet only to slip and fall right back to where I was. There was even one time the rock started shifting underneath my feet, and I made a quick and poor decision that sent me back more than a day's pace and gave me enough injuries that I nearly just laid there and gave up. But even on those days, even on that day, when the world was almost literally upside down, I made progress. Whether it was knowing which path was easier, having made paths I could take again, or simply knowing not to make the same mistake twice. It was progress. In any case, even in their unique predicament, the party has made impressive progress on their journey. Right now, most of them still sit in the dusty undertunnels of the Fulger Estate, biding their time, learning about Johannes' past, and deciding how next to act. Koz, on the other hand, has perfected his ferret espionage, listening in on the important, intense meeting between the Red Dragon Priest and the Fulger brothers. And with his great speed and greater hunger, he beat the rest of the family and guest to the dinner table, just in time for what will surely be an interesting supper. Now, celebrate your progress, listeners. Each day is another chance. Have those awkward moments. Learn, love, and most importantly, y'all take care now. We are going to open this uh, interesting scenario with with Koza being a recently de-ferreted in front of Ilfiel and the entire Fulger family, sitting with his little bib. Everyone is standing there staring at him, both, e- both slash either blankly or in disbelief. How did he de-ferret? Did it, like, what, what does the magical effect look like? Um... Let's see here. I, I always just imagine it be like I turn into a little bit of a blur, and then, um, 
like de-blur. Like somebody gets into Photoshop and it's like gonna gonna turn up the Gaussian blur on this this image that you're seeing now. But a very localized blur. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I'd also be open. This is a great time if we want to workshop something a little different. Or you could just give us an idea of it so that we could move forward before I have to start beating okay. the rest of the cast because they're screwing I mean, around on the whiteboard. I prefer a Gaussian blur to the alternative, which is uh, Koza does a Van Helsing-esque, like, bones cracking and stretching Whoa. and lots of screaming kind of transformation, which is just not a good time. It's not a good time. Yeah, my uh, my other thought would be, like, there's a course, I mean, there's, so so the types of transformations we've got, there's, there's, there's three types of transformations um, known to um, to media. That is the um, the blur that I've just mentioned. It's um, of course well known. There's animorphs, and then there's magical girl. So animorphs, kind of animorphs. Through, well, there's also then the like violent bone breaking. I, uh, well, that makes um, four. Uh, I'm inclined yeah, to say that for Koza specifically. Animorphs makes a lot of sense, but Magical Girl makes even just a little bit more sense. I feel like, well, I was going to say it's a problem that nobody's commented on the Magical Girl transformation before, but then I realized, like, no, that's that's how they work is nobody comments on them. Right. That's yeah. that's. Well, I mean, also, if you're work. used to seeing, like, if you know that there are magical people that turn into animals, <laughs> it becomes a little more mundane yeah. to you. Yeah, you're just like, oh, there we go. Another magical girl transformation. The, the Emberlin is over there at the final battle, like, checking her watch, wondering yeah. how really, long it's going to happen, like, how long it's going to keep going. I yep. really like the idea that for Koza, the magical girl part of the transformation is not from human into ferret. Human into ferret is just like a puff of smoke, like a puff. And then suddenly, uh, Koza is a ferret. It's exclusively for turning from ferret into human, like the ferret rises into the air with the black outline spinning around, the clothes form, the staff appears, like... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. Regardless, this has all just happened in front of the Fulger family and Ilfiel. And they're all just kind of staring blankly at Koza. Oh, oh, hello. Um, would, would, um, would, would anybody care to, to try some of this, um, del- del- delicious wine? Um, who is, oh, Ilfiel's going to kind of step forward. This is my friend. Uh, he's here with me. Oh, also, um, you, you don't recognize me? The, 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 the son of the, um, you, oh no, um, a, a, a Bullrich family? The Bullrich family, you say? Uh. Where do they hail from? Um, oh, um, well, um, 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 Auberdeen. Oh, you mean the Urich family of Auberdeen? Um. I have heard some tale that their heir was a bit of an odd sort. That must be you. Uh, um. Y- oh. How is your mother doing? Oh, she's wonderful. Oh, 
that is good to hear. I had heard that there was some trouble down in Aberdeen, that you were in some kind of danger. I hope everything went all right. Oh, everything is perfectly okay. There's no danger in Aberdeen. Everything's all right. I would go home at any time and not be in any trouble. And everybody would be perfectly okay with everything I've done. Oh, that's wonderful to hear. Forgive me, I didn't recognize you with how much you've grown. Oh yeah, I was a little tiny ferret and now I'm much bigger. Yes, quite. I, I'm i glad to see that your magical studies have been going well. Um, if you don't mind, uh, Sir Kozile, we do have some business to discuss. I, I hope you don't mind. Oh, I'd be happy to hear what kind of business the Folgers have been up to. Oh, of course you understand. Some of this business is under a strict confidentiality agreement. Oh, okay. Well... I'm happy to have one of the servants show you to your room and serve your meal there. To my room? Okay. Well, you must stay. I do insist. I have a lovely guest room for you. You know, I I, I can read the room. I I can tell when when somebody is put out. Are you sure? I'll be going. I'll be going right now. Oh, please. I don't mean to offend you. No, it's it's quite all right. I clearly should not have come and visited. Oh, please, Lord Yorich, you must understand. No, you, you, you must understand. I've made such a hard journey just to visit the Folgers. And I, I, I arrived just in time for dinner. But I, I see I, I am not welcome here. Please don't make this unnecessarily difficult. You must understand the nature of business. Well, since I'm not welcome here... I'll clearly just have to go to some some pub for dinner and, and talk about the other guests I've seen here that were apparently more important than me. Oh, please, Mother. He... he... surely he can't cause any harm. I suppose. We will, unfortunately, be speaking a little bit of some things beyond understanding, but I'm certain that that Lord Yorich will be a wonderful addition to dinner. Thank you, of course. Uh, Her smile is very tight and forced. The rest of her face is an unreadable mass. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, um, anyway, as I said, the wine's delightful. Would you care to try some? So everyone sits down to dinner and begins a conversation that seems odd. Koza, go ahead and roll an insight check for me. Um, that is a seven. You're not able to tell what they're talking about. They keep using words that don't make sense in place of what they're saying. But regardless, the food is served and it is rich, hot, and delicious. The spread before you is a series of figs, cheese, and bread complementing a lovely, like, well-cooked, long-simmered roast. It's probably the best meal you've had in weeks, given your circumstances as a traveler. Mm-hmm. Real, real quick, when you say they're using words that don't make sense, are we talking like, uh, oh, how are the shipments of 
chickens going. They're very good. Growing very large, these chickens are. Very or much so. is it more in the vein of like, on the third night of Wednesday, I find that my grandfather has stumbled down the stairs and turned on the kettle. Interesting. I'd thought that your grandfather would have been the kind of person who would turn off the kettle after stumbling down the stairs. Okay, they're not doing a full tilt thieves can't or anything like that. They are speaking in the sense of like, yes, I do believe that that chicken shipment is going to be very much above and beyond the expectations of anyone purchasing them. And the lethality of these chickens? I was hoping they were just doing pig Latin. <laughs> uh, Ixnay like, on the Akedrays. Because yeah. it's like, what could they be saying? The Ipman's Shay of Akedray. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm trying to think. Okay. okay. I, I appreciate that scene setting. I mean, they're not like hardened criminals who have like this long standing dialogue of how to talk about stuff in front of nosy nobles. Uh, is there anything that like Koza would have experience with, like in terms of what they're trying to like the words they're using to cover things up with? Probably not, because okay. this is very much an improvised code. Okay. I was going to make the argument when you said they're nobles, not like hardened criminals. I'm like, there are two groups that spend a lot of time on cryptography, coded language, and these sorts of things. One of them is hardened criminals, and the other is nobles. So here's the thing. If he was any other noble, possibly. But Koza and That's Johannes fair. are not very nobly nobles in the terms of like their understanding of playing the political game. Well, it also mm -hmm. sounded like Koza's uh, family is more invested and involved in legal matters, which you distinctly do not use coded language for. Quick, <laughs> quick little rewind. I'm just trying to think of lay out the facts that Koza has heard so far. Okay. Koza um, knows the following things. If, I, if my memory serves and my notes are correct. Koza knows the following things. He knows thing number one, that... There was something in the contract that Ilfiel told the Folgers they needed to fix because it wasn't part of their agreement. Two, that implies, and Koza would absolutely figure out, that that means that there is an agreement between the dragon priests at large as well as the Folger family. Thing number three, they know that it is somehow connected to some of the shenanigans that they saw in blue. Blah. And what did we see in blue again? Uh, the shipments of the magical creatures. And so right now they're talking about like, oh, the the shipments of of little fuzzy guys to of the shipment of chickens to Greenwich, that kind of thing. Yes, they're also, and you will know this because of your history and experience and education as a noble. The towns they are saying don't exist. Okay. So Koza interjects when he on one of these comments about like different shipments. Oh, you know, I on my on my journey here, I saw the strangest shipment, a barge full of crates with strange magical creatures in them. <laughs> Why are you and, talking like you're trying to speak in code? And as 
Because <laughs> that's how the people talk. Yeah. He, he's figured that out. The people talk like this. I think Jonathan quite nearly does a spit take. And then it's like, is that so? Is that something you saw on your way here? Um, yes, it was the... It was the strangest thing. I wonder what kind of uh, um, parties are doing business in such odd uh, trades these days. Well, you know how people are in blue. It is really a shame how much crime has descended into that town. Oh, oh crime in blue. That sounds terrible. What, what's happening with the crime? Oh, there's so much smuggling and illegal trade going on there. It is just a shame. I wish that the Folga family could do something about it, but it's far beyond our ability to do anything there, as obviously our jurisdiction is only within Saxon Heath. We've attempted to appeal to the local nobility, but of course they... They feel that citizenry should be allowed to do business in ways they deem necessary. It's really quite a shame. Who do you all think, or perhaps suspect, the parties involved with this, these shipments, these smuggling shipments is? Well, I have heard tale of this odd ship that is supposed to be this known smuggling ship at this point. I'm trying to remember what it's called. Um... But I couldn't, I can't imagine that they don't have some kind of involved fleet. You don't have that kind of reputation and be a singular boat. Hmm. But who do you think is at the top? Could it be other? Oh, I don't want to spread any rumors. I would assume, based on the direction of things and their nature as being a little bit less than scrupulous in their business dealings. This is probably something that's coming out of Tinkerhaven. Oh, you are so right, dear. Hmm. I feel like there's other parties that are quite suspicious. I don't know that there's anyone more suspicious than a Talarian. Coats of things back to, like, all his interactions with Solnar. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, um, that's a dreadful thing to say. Oh, I understand that it sounds very close-minded, but all of my dealings with Talarians have been unsavory. Well, I just returned from a journey to Talar and I found it quite delightful. Oh, there must be some change there. What were you in Talar for? Oh, oh, <laughs> you know... Um, uh, agricultural sales. Oh! Oh, I imagine so. Aberdeen is quite known for its agricultural production. Uh, yes. Is there, is there a new contract going out between Aberdeen and Talaire? Now, Mother, we mustn't pry in the business dealings of others. Yes, oh. it would be incredibly uncouth to be pushing myself into someone else's business, wouldn't it? Yes, very uncouth. Oh, well, yes, we, we've, we've been working on some, some good, some quite solid new contracts. Nothing in our contracts has needed any fixing. <laughs> 
Ilfiel is gonna be like looking slightly over at Koza like, uh, that's a weird thing to say. Contracts always need some kind of edits, don't they? Oh. Jonathan looks like a little, a little like flustered and irritated for a moment, and then on Ilfiel saying that contracts always need a little fixing, he's like. I certainly find that the initial draft of a contract sometimes includes things that really should have been edited out earlier. You are correct. Or sometimes things that need to be edited back in. That is also sometimes a possibility, yes. This is the level of peak awkward that Koza thrives in. <laughs> He's oh. only getting stronger. I just like that we're essentially doing this, the, the weird like improv game where nobody can actually say what they're thinking. <laughs> oh, if you're having um, a trouble with uh, um, wording in a contract, I'd be happy to take a look. You know, it's something that the, 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 uh, the Yorich family prides themselves in. Um, being able to, to mediate um, in situations like this and come to agreeable uh, uh, agreeable terms. That's really nice of you. I've already gone through and fixed a bunch of stuff. I, I'm not super great at this kind of thing, but I'm really glad that my friends trust me. I don't want to let them down, you know? Yeah, of course. And that's why it can be uh, really helpful to have a, another pair of eyes, um, an, an outside set of eyes to to help um, make sure that everything is 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 fair and amenable to all parties. So Ilfiel's going to kind of like pause and be like, you know, you're right. Do we want to let Kozaya look at the contract? Jonathan yes. gets a very like furrowed brow look and it's like, I can't possibly see how... Lord Yurich would be of significant assistance on this document. I think I think we've figured out most of it. I do think there are one or two stipulations that perhaps uh, we should consider renegotiating. Oh, I don't think any kind of renegotiation will be necessary. I believe the terms that we settled on were fair. Jonathan just like it, it, the whole like his whole face just sours significantly and he uh, just quietly is eating his food for a bit it seemed like a positive development <laughs> <laughs> things went great so as the conversation starts to kind of fade in the wake of the crippling awkwardness that has been brought to it by Koza. We're going to cut back to the party, who at this point is going to be worried about how long it's been since they have seen their druid friend. Well, I think it's good that we finally have decided on what we need, need to do to make sure that Cole has a good, safe place where he can also continue to be a kid, but also learn some good, valuable skills of life, which is on a boat. Put that boy on a boat. Yeah, I think that's uh I think that's the way to go. Probably the safest thing. Also, where's where's Koza? Koza? Oh yeah, that's right. 
He was supposed to be here with us, but he isn't. Because he was a ferret, he walked on right by. He's when, probably still ferreting around. When Koza's not on screen, the other characters should be saying, where's Koza? What's he doing? Well, <laughs> Koza was following after the dragon priestess and Johannes's sister. Uh, oh no. Classic no. Koza uh, thing to do. Josephine, that was her name. I, mm -hmm. That's my I sister. I got there. Uh, so it's possible he's still doing that? I don't... I think if any of the rest of us showed up in the house right now, it might be a little bit of trouble. But uh, if we wanted, maybe Johannes could go and see if Koza is somewhere nearby. I don't... Do we want to lay out the fact that we are affiliated with Koza, though? Because that's going to be pretty obvious if Johannes goes looking for Koza. Didn't Josephine see Koza with us, though? No. Josephine saw Koza with Ilfiel. Koza hasn't been with us since we got in the city. Pretty much. Because yeah. we, we checked out some vendor stalls, and then we saw Ilfiel... And then Koza went to hang out with her for a while. And then we crossed paths briefly. But I don't think there was any, like... I think Koza was specifically trying to lay low. So... So what do we do? Well, we've got multiple options. Well, number one, we continue down the secret tunnels into the secret stalls. They're not really secret. It's just where the horses used to be kept, but they're not kept there anymore. And then we... From there, we rig... Uh, a line that we use our handkerchiefs to slide across and enter the third story building window uh, that's across the lawn. Aren't Number we subterranean? Two. Right now we are, but don't worry, that can be fixed. There's so many dumb waiters in this house. Okay. Number two, uh, we don't do any of that. <laughs> Honestly, if there's some of whatever they're dealing with, with the chromatic priests it might be best for us to see if there's anything down there it might be good to go check out some of the uh the boarding houses you were talking about johannes yeah just to see what kind of other cool guests are staying here right now that your family said that we're here yeah all right so we got to go creep around some houses well, no. dude, we're, not, we're not gonna creep around we're gonna be we're going to be uh guests of the property who are visiting the boarding houses. Yeah, we're not creeping around, we're beeping around. We're like, beep, beep, it's <laughs> us. Hello. <laughs> if any, if anything, we should be good hosts to the people who are there, because this is Johannes's home. It's my home. I gotta say, hey, you are welcome. <laughs> if all of you are going to investigate the boarding <laughs> houses, then I'll go investigate whatever's deeper into the tunnels. Oh, that is what's deeper into the tunnels. It's all the same direction. Yeah, well, it keeps going this way to the boarding houses. Are they, These are servants' tunnels. Are, I don't understand are rich people houses. Johannes, mm. are all of the properties on the estate connected by underground tunnel? Yeah, of course. How what? else are you supposed to go across whenever we get the snows? But the property's huge. Uh, and? How do you maintain that many tunnels? I mean, you just build the tunnel once and then you check on it every once in a while. 
Mm-hmm. Boat should never own a mining company. Look, all, all I'm saying is uh, when I would wrestle in big venues, they would have a similar situation set up so you could get from building to building without having to deal with the weather or anything like that. Mm-hmm. That's that's usually a hundred foot tunnel between basically just crossing a street. What we're talking about right now, Boat, is hundreds, maybe even thousands of feet of tunnels. Yeah, you just scale and it up. If you're rich, you could do that kind of thing. Wait, I'm, hold on. I've is this halfling-sized tunnels? Yeah, of course. Why would we do anything otherwise? Oh, see, that, that explains it then, because it would only cost half of what it would for uh, a human-sized <laughs> tunnel in but, materials costs. But isn't that going to be a problem for boat to get through? No, I'll just mm. military crawl. Yeah. Johannes, your family exclusively employs halfling serving staff for no, working the outer buildings? Legitimately a problem for most serving staff, probably. <laughs> oh, no. The one time we hired a furball was wild. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think, ex- honestly, to be honest with you, uh, Solinar, I think most most of the my family right now doesn't even know about these tunnels. These were built a long time ago. Oh, these are like ancestral tunnels. Yeah, but interesting. When I was uh, when I was but a wee a wee lad, a quarterling, as they say, <laughs> I I used to every now and again because I like to walk around in bare feet, and every now and again I just would feel like there's something there, and then finally I found some of the entrances, and once you find some of them, wow, boy, golly, you find the other ones pretty quick. Boat, we're gonna need the shovel. Uh, if anybody's got some earth-moving magic, we're gonna want that as well. Because, Johannes, you haven't been here in how long? Yes. Yeah, so, uh, the odds of tunnel collapse are far from zero. Because if the family's unaware of them, they're not maintaining them. And let me tell you, as someone who lived in both Tinkerhaven and Marine, when you don't maintain tunnels, bad things happen to them. Oh, yeah, these haven't been maintained. I, honestly, this one probably hasn't been opened since I opened it. When was the last time you opened it? Yes. Pre-Paladin <laughs> school. That was the last time I was living here. Was it in good shape then? No. <laughs> okay. Well, that that answers that question then. There's lots of spiders, but those were the coolest things. There's also sometimes little sounds that seem like they're coming from bigger sounds, but they're trying to like lure you deeper don't any of us have any kind of magic item to help with this? We live in a world of magical conveniences. There's nothing that would be useful. I have a scroll of ham scrying. If there's pork in there, we can, we'll know ahead of time. Oh, That's thank good the gods. Yeah. yeah. I've got three chain links that are really big. Because I put it in all caps. I think they're giants. <laughs> Uh, if we put if we put a lock up on one of the structurally weak areas, I could strengthen that lock. Oh, I've got a copper butter knife, Alita. Does that help? I've got a copper bread knife. Oh, nice. We could bread and butter. Cut. That yeah. could be our tag team name, bread and butter. Oh, I love it. <laughs> okay, that's yeah. I don't I don't have any magic for moving or handling or changing earth. Guys, that's I've got just... it. We just need to get Koza. Yeah. He can oh, transform into a dire mole. And I've got dig. I've got Earth Tremor, remember? Will that help? <laughs> no, that is the opposite of what will help. That will kill everyone. 
I mean, it well, worked last time. I've heard of these kinds of situations. This is where like an adventuring party goes down and then somebody casts Earth Tremor and then rocks fall and everyone dies. I don't know. I think this is the start of Boat's uh, villain um, arc. Where the he... start of it? <laughs> yes. Um, oh, no. Sorry. The start of his super villain arc. There we where go. Where he okay. becomes the mole and he threatens to destroy the city from underneath unless his demands are met. So he's the guy in Incredibles. The guy at the end of the first Incredible yeah, movie. Yeah, the underminer. I, I, I'm a shitty Fantastic Four villain. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Again, I'm just saying we could get Koza and he can transform into something useful mm -hmm. for this. I could cast Reduce well, Enlarge so it would be easier for big people to go through. Solinar, I know so, you're listening to me. I am. I Even if koza transforms into a dire mole which i don't know that koza can transform into a dire it's certainly not something i've ever seen him do before because he only transforms um, into ferrets right <laughs> i'm fairly certain he can only transform into ferrets a dire ferret no you know what there was one time he transformed into uh a bird once no it wasn't a bird was it no he was a bird when once we were when we were at the water temple, he transformed into, like, an ape or something to get across the rope. I don't remember what. Maybe that was a ferret, too. I'm not recalling right now. Okay, so we know he can turn into a ferret and a bird. I'm certain he can turn... Wait, wait. Does that mean he's been... If he could turn into something bigger and scarier, does that mean he's been spending this whole time fighting as, like, a person when he could have been something like a bear? Maybe. I don't... Look, I don't know how that magic works. It's possible that all he can do is transform into a ferret, and if he works really hard, a bird sometimes. That's, I, even, do you know a lot about druidic magic? Because I certainly don't. Even so, it might be helpful for us to have him just so we have another brain to put together on this. So, yes, um, but I don't see how we manage that without laying low that we are affiliated. Hmm. Which to me says we should just proceed with the tools and resources and people we have and come back later. Unless uh, we could get a note to him. Well, that was going to be my next thought was Johannes, if he, if he spends the night here, uh, do, you said there's all kinds of dumb waiters and secret passages and things like that. Do you think you could get a note to one of the guest rooms? Easy. That's kind of what I thought. All right, so let's lay low for a little bit until it's reasonable to expect that Koza's in one of the rooms, and then we'll just let Johannes go from dumbwaiter to dumbwaiter till he finds Koza. Because the problem is, is that if we just guess what room it is, the likelihood that we tip off the dragon priestess is not low. It is, in fact, moderate to high. So we'll just wait for a bit, yeah? I mean, I think with a shovel and some determination we could actually get to those outer buildings. Why don't you go down cramped. go down the tunnel and see what the what the situation looks like whether it's caved in or something. Yeah, I'll just I'll just need a little light behind me cuz seeing into the dark with absolutely no light is not a thing I could do. I can cover you for that. All right. So, the plan as the voice in the sky understands it. Sorn and Lita are going down the tunnel to see what they can see. Johannes and Boat are laying low in the space that they're in. Koza is having uh, the most awkward dinner I've ever had to roleplay in my life. 
Hey, I'd like to just make a quick editorial comment about the previous conversation. Please do. At, at one point, it was said that it'd be useful to find Koza because it'd be good to add uh, another brain to the the um, the planning. Um, the 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 thing is, Koza has half a brain. So See, the thing is, is that Koza's incredibly <laughs> intelligent in the very specific realms in which he is interested. Yeah. <laughs> We could we could get Koza to explore that tunnel just by talking about all the mushrooms that are probably growing in it. <laughs> That's actually not a bad idea. I'm not going to lie. We're going to cut back to Koza. The dinner has has wrapped and everyone has left stiffly and awkwardly. I think I think Jonathan leaves with the sentence. I believe I have some paperwork to take care of. Um. The servant comes to show Ilfiel and Koza to their rooms. Koza, you are led to a room that is modestly opulent. There is a large, fluffy bed. Everything is very comfortable. Everything is very clean. But you notice that the ornamentation that you're used to in noblemen homes is gone. There are no paintings on the walls. There's not a lot of gilding or decor. It's a little bit bare bones, if luxurious in the bare bones. Does it As feel like a slight or a like, hmm, this might be the case in all rooms? It feels that this is probably how things are in the other rooms, especially because you think about it, it's a similar vibe as you've seen throughout the house. Either the Fulgers live particularly austere or... A lot of the finery is gone in this house. You had also expressed in an earlier episode that uh, Koza overheard Jonathan and Sebastian talking about how Johannes had done something that had caused the family a significant amount of trouble. Yes. I don't think it would be a leap for Koza to put one and one together to say that the trouble is financial. Hmm. Uh... Kosa, so I think what happens is so Kosa gets to his room and the, all these thoughts, these these are the thoughts like in his head as he takes a bath. Um, so then by the time he gets out of the bath though, he's like, I need to investigate more. Um, yeah, so so Kosa Kosa's trying to put these um so he gets out of his bath, he goes to dry off, and he there's a moment he looks at his how tired is he? Is he very tired? It is after dinner. Okay. So, uh, he's got some time after dinner. He's, he's like, all right. He looks he looks at his his pajamas, um, his, his robe, probably some, some sleeping robes that are in the room, and he looks back at his, his clothes there, um, and he slips into his 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 regular clothes um the fancier version of his regular clothes though because i think he has a second pair you know this doesn't really matter <laughs> um yeah so koza koza looks at his his sleeping robe and then he looks at his his what do you call it I, this, i'm struggling what do you call regular clothes 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 okay clothes are you are you talking like street clothes yeah. Not street. It's like what he normally wears. So your civvies. Yeah. Um, cause uh, what do you call clothes? What am clothes? Uh, I'm just gonna say his clothes. I 
think that works well enough. A typical outfit. Um, yeah, so Kozo looks at the sleeping robes and he looks back at his clothes and then he goes over and he puts his clothes back on because he's going to go investigate more. He's got to find out what's going on. Um, yeah, yeah. As you get dressed and prepare yourself to continue your investigations, there's a soft knock at your door. a silence, a void so full of nothingness. Yes, yes, the silence. It consumed like a mighty maw. Hungry, hungry. But then a voice came, and another, and another. The pierceless silence. The voices that bring laughter and wonder, magic and mystery. Yes, yes. But these voices... They could only fight the silence, hold back the great nothing. Yes, but, but, with the support of our divine beings, angels and celestials too radiant to behold, and too glorious not, we give thanks to our patrons, our shiny protectors, Whitney Zahar, Tony Alameto, Joseph Maltby, Andrew Wheeler, Rick O'Donnell, Brianna Beebe, Without your support, these heavenly voices would be lost to the silence, and woe, woe would be unto us all. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, yes, thank you. Like, that is what this entire dialogue is. And this makes me feel like I'm playing the Wicked Eyes, Wicked Heart storyline from Dragon Age Inquisition. Oh, oh, say something only they would say, Alex. Who say something only whom who would say only a, a Dragon Age Inquisitioner would say that would really <laughs> spice up the dinner table. <laughs> I can't reference Dragon Age and things that would spice up the dinner table on this PG-13 podcast. Uh, is, is Dragon Age really that intense? Well, um, there's a whole scene in Gabe cut this out. Uh, there's a whole scene in Dragon Age Inquisition. <laughs>